Welcome to the Trojan Tailgate Podcast Network. I am proud to introduce to you today your home for honest sports analysis that you won't hear anywhere else. All from a group of friends that met at Troy University. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And here's your host, Hampton Sipper. Welcome in to another edition of the Trojan Tailgate Network's NFL Recap Show. Happy New Year, everybody. We are back and better than ever. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I am joined by my good friends, correspondent at large, Graham Haney, Reddit extraordinaire himself, Chase Haney, Dwayne Haskins travel agent, Kyle Edwards, (laughs) and making his triumphant return, World Swap. How's it going tonight, guys? Man, it's going great. NFL playoffs are here. Washington's in. More on that later. A little teaser, a little teaser. But dude, I, I'm doing I'm doing a lot better than Brian Flores is. Poor guy didn't have his Mariano Rivera to come into the game and close that deal for him. Old two had New to year and did he ever did he ever sling it? Man, three picks. Hate to see it. Oh, but hey, NFL playoffs are here. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun one. Graham, how we do it, brother? Doing pretty good. Ha- had a great break. You know, I actually start back school to, you know, on Wednesday. Um, it's going to be terrible. It really ruins the podcast just knowing I got to go to school you know, the next day. But I- I'm interested to see how, like, you know, COVID's really going to play a factor in uh, in the playoffs. You know, is it going to, you know, lead to postponements or is the NFL going to keep hands off? It- it'll be interesting to see. But uh, I'm glad that our good friend Suave is back. Suave, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. I, I've enjoyed the break. And uh, j- just to pick up off your question, you know, the Browns have 17 people on COVID list right now. <laughs> and 10 may not Jeez. be eligible to play this week. So, so so, just a little teaser for that. So, the Steelers may, be, may just walk in with a win, but you never want to put your head down and just think you're going to uh, get a dub on uh, – Wild card weekend, but I'm excited to be back with y'all and looking forward to talking about some football. How's it going, Chase? Man, I'm good. Um, glad to be back on the podcast. It's funny whenever you're not uh, not here each week, it starts to uh, man, something is going on, baby, in the background. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna ignore it there for a second, but then uh, it got louder and louder. Somebody might need to go check that out. Um, Nah, man, I'm good. I actually just got back to Alabama um, from – I was at a wedding, and, uh, man, it was, it was a good time. I'm just kind of soaking up the last seconds of, uh, I guess, like winter break. But, uh, man, it was crazy. I was telling Hampton. I was actually on the phone with him, and uh, I was on the plane. And Hampton mentioned something to me whenever he was doing all the COVID stuff. He was like, man, like – Day TV is awful. And then he made another comment that ESPN has gotten really bad. And I'll be honest, I, sometimes I guess that I, I take like an optimistic approach and just kind of tune out what I don't want to listen to. And, fellas, I was on the plane today, and I didn't even want to plug my earbuds in. It was so bad. Like I had on ESPN, and they were showing clips. We're talking about the NFL just, just finished their season 
the Heisman Trophy ceremony is tonight with the college football playoff like final coming up. Dude, there's so much going on in sports right now. And what they were talking about was Dwayne Wade one-on-one-ing his son and whether that was a good fathership or not. <laughs> on ESPN. Like, I would expect that out of that uh, – Man, what is that? Uh, I can't even think of what the the morning show, or the 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 View, or whatever. The View, the talk. View, <laughs> the view the talk. Yeah, I was expected on that, but man, I, what it really kind of brought me to is something we've mentioned on this podcast, and and I saw all three of these little panelists. They were all at their house, and they all had the little AirPods in with their video cameras on. And fellas, I'm gonna be real. It kind of brought me back to they're not doing anything more than we are, and I feel like. When people tune into this show, I hope that they at least get a feel of that we've that we've watched football. Period. I don't. I just. I didn't get the vibe that these people even when they were covering the NFL, they even watched football. That they were just talking about like like Stephen A. Smith has like almost ruined ESPN. It's just like what's the most like clickbait you can talk about? And I, I just feel like at this podcast, man, we ask good questions and we actually like want to dive deep and not just say, hey, this quarterback stinks. Like, actually look around them and see why Why is the case. And I feel like we ask good questions. I feel like we uh, we get a lot of things right. We get some things wrong. But that's just what that what happens when you speculate. And in the league like the NFL, man, uh, things change each and every day. Um, you can just see just as like the Browns. I mean, I think they were almost a favorite going into that Steelers game. And now, what's, I mean, it just happens. It changes every day. But I think – when people join our show and maybe listen, and I just hope that they uh, they know that their time is well spent, and uh, that there's just a little bit of thought that goes into it because I feel like ESPN and some of these other big news networks are just trying to see if they can get you to click or get you to watch, and uh, maybe even get you mad. But I hope we ask good questions, and uh, yeah, man, it just really hit me today, and and I appreciate you fellas for doing the hard work of not just uh, taking the easy way out of what would be entertaining to listen to but something that's actually uh, thought-provoking and maybe a little bit of investigation work. What do you think about that, Hampton? Chase, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, you know, I think on our Twitter it says, you know, hot takes and analysis you can't hear anywhere else. And I, I truly believe that. I think we we all bring something new and insightful to the conversation. Uh, we don't just give blanket takes. We actually have some nuance to the discussion. Uh, we try to be different. And uh, try to give you things from, you know, we've been sports fans for 20-plus years and try to uh, give you things that you're not going to hear on ESPN and that will kind of get you thinking and uh, maybe even change your opinion. So uh, that was really kind of why, you know, beside getting to talk to each other every week and um, why we decided to do the show in the first place. And I think – Going through our first NFL year, we've done pretty. I think we've done pretty good. Uh, one thing I think we've definitely learned, like you mentioned, is the NFL changes from week to week. You think you know um, one thing, and then the next week happens, and you know nothing. Um, so that's something definitely that uh, we'll be better about next year. Kind of, you know, being a little more measured with not overreacting to one week. Um, but one thing we always want to do on here is be accountable and. Um, I think it's always cool to be to look back and see what we got right and what we got wrong. So to kick off the show today, I'm going to start with you, Kyle. Tell me one thing that you were spot on about 
even though I know what it is already, <laughs> and then tell me one thing that you were wrong about this year, um, and then uh, can do that really quickly and then move on to some other stuff we got for you. I'm sure for our loyal listeners out there, they know exactly what I'm about to say. I'm gonna, but this will probably be the last time you hear me say it. So I'm gonna humbly brag no, about we myself one time for the one time. Week four, I sat on this podcast and said the Washington football team will win the NFC least. And they daggum did it. And I'll tell you what, a little teaser right here, they're gonna beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. <laughs> Let's go, football team. What a story. What a team. And they have and watching them trying to cheer on my pick has actually turned me into a legitimate fan of this football team. I love Ron Rivera. I love what they I love their defense. I think they got good young talent. They got that Logan Thomas kid has turned into an absolute stud. Um, mm-hmm. I just love everything about them. So there's, I guess, where I was right. But where I was wrong, I think I kind of put the same energy in the podcast from the Washington football team as I did with the Arizona Cardinals. And boy, did they fall off. And they fell off hard. You know, they started off hot and they went through a little dud and then they picked it back up. And then it seemed like they just fell off the map. And yeah, Kyler was a little banged up. Cliff Kingsbury kind of gives me eh vibes. Um, but I really Very thought so. I really thought they were they were gonna be my dark horse team with a chance to make some noise with that high power offense. Um, but like I said, they just fell off, kind of fell apart. Um, they're still young and I like for them to bounce back and I definitely think they're gonna be a much better team next year. But yeah, whiffed hard on that bold prediction. Hey, I'll take one for one though. Who who, who wants to go next? Graham Chase Suave, who we got? One of y'all hop in. I, I'm I, curious to hear what y'all what y'all got. I'll go ahead and do mine. Uh my, what I was right about comes from one of the first episodes we did on uh, the Trojan <laughs> Tailgate Podcast Network. And I I really went hard into this team, but looking back, I was completely right. <laughs> The Atlanta Falcons were and are and still will be hot garbage. The Atlanta Falcons had probably the most disappointing year that I've ever seen in in, in NFL football history. A team that has the talent they do somehow, some way, finds a way to lose practically every game they play in. It started off the first five games of the season with Dan Quinn at the helm, and man, did the Falcons look awful. They were terrible, and they continue to be terrible, but they improved a little bit under interim coach Raheem Morris. But looking back, the Atlanta Falcons are 4-12. and 12. Whenever I really dug into how bad the Falcons were was week two or three, whenever they played uh, the Dallas Cowboys, had a double-digit lead, and lost. And who did I, whose fault did I say it was? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was the worst problem for the Falcons. Whatever he did coaching-wise, they could not finish a game worth anything. And he started out the season 0-5 and was relieved of his duties. And so, uh, you know, the Falcons appoint inter- the interim head coach, and he goes – Four and seven, which still isn't very good. But that's a whole lot better than 0-5. But what I was right about were the Falcons were really bad from the beginning, and they continued all the way to the end. The Falcons, their whole team, the whole problem was what I was right about. A thing that I was wrong about 
which was kind of hard for me to predict in the beginning, was the Super Bowl matchup. I predicted that the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> would, would meet up in the Super Bowl this year in Tampa Bay. And boy, was I wrong. The 49ers, not only did they not make the playoffs, they were the worst in the you know NFC West, <clears throat> which, I mean, when you look at it, had lots of injuries and lots of, of contributing factors to that. But I yeah. also think that looking into the season, I th- I thought that most of us would believe that the Ravens were an elite team and could actually give the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money. And I don't think we believe that now. So what I was wrong about was uh, my Super Bowl prediction. And uh, I just, I'm going to have to eat that one. I I think that it was, uh, (laughs) it was bad taste in the beginning, but it was in good faith effort and it has come up short. Uh, so what I was wrong about my uh, Super Bowl prediction, uh, Chase, tell us tell us one thing that you were right about, maybe a thing you were wrong about too on the way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I admittedly I'm afraid that I'm uh, – man, the NFL is just so – right when you feel like you've got a grasp on a team or a player, I mean, you just come back on this pod the next week and look like an absolute idiot. Like I can think of so many times. Except the Falcons. Um, Except the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. There, there's sometimes you hit it and you're like, man, like that. I'm kind of sad that I was that right about it. But the one that I'm proud of that I got really right, um, this was a very early podcast. I think we were doing some speculation. Who was going to be the MVP? And, um, you know, I kind of got to go towards the end. And so, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers were already off the board. I'm sure somebody threw in Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And I think at that time we had Josh Allen kind of floating around. And so I decided to kind of go off script a little bit. And, and I didn't, of course, get the MVP right. I'm not going to get it right. But I will say that my, my choice absolutely balled out this year. And that was Jair Alexander for uh, the Packers. Come on. And, Kyle, you, uh, you mentioned yes, him on, sir. The, on the – Yeah, that's right. Swab, Swab knows he kept that eye on him after I called him. Baker. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, Kyle, I heard you mention this on the last podcast. And this was like his, uh, I guess, closing regular uh, season stats – that he only gave up 35 catches, and there was only uh, it says that there was over uh, 563 pass coverage snaps in wow. 2020. And it says that uh, the quarterbacks only averaged 4.9 yards per attempt against his coverage, 13 pass breakups, and only one penalty. That that's wow. like that's really good coverage if you're not you know basically just getting penalties. Yeah, they don't catch it, but they also you know give up 15 yards. And he was the number one rated cornerback in the uh, in the NFL which I just really feel like I, I got a peg on, and it really makes me just wonder how good um, – the Packers have kind of got a question mark in my mind right now because I'm like, man, if you have that lockdown of a corner and you don't go and get him some help in the inside – I mean, the Packers needed so much help on defense, and they didn't make a move at all. And they're still kind of like – like I, they have good games, but then there's also games where you're like, man, they've got to do something. And I think with uh, – uh, can somebody help me with the the Bocciolari, ba- the left tackle? David Bocciolari. Bocciolari. Yeah, with, with him hurt, man, it's it just I don't know if they're going to be in playoff. Uh, in the I, I don't think they're I don't think they're getting good at the right time. I think that maybe they're uh, maybe they're on the decline. But mm, uh, besides that, um, Hampton was absolutely bashing the uh, the Rams. And I gotta I gotta come on here and maybe say that that I, I want to maybe relieve some stress. I'm gonna do two that I got right. This is a very short one. Um, that the Rams made the playoffs. 
Um, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. It wasn't good. I I think I agree with a lot of criticism with Jared Goff. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they did what they got to do, and they got the job done. So I feel like in a way, Hampton, you know, we were kind of high on them throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give yourself a pat on the back because the playoff is a uh, it's one game elimination, and they get, they made it to the to the playoffs. So I'm proud of them. But I think the obvious one that I got wrong is whenever me, you, and Kyle um, were trying to determine who are the best teams in the NFL. And uh, <laughs> I definitely, I, I definitely, I, I I got wrapped up in um, man just Dalvin Cook. And, <laughs> Kirk Cousins being a good guy with a great smile. And, uh, man, I mean, uh, Adam Thielen being the guy with the great story of rags to riches. I just got caught up in it, man. And I'll be honest, I picked them to be, like, the number four best team, three best team in the league or something crazy like that. And they didn't even make the playoffs. So, hey, sometimes you swing and you miss, but uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, Suave, I know you got one that was that was uh, a prophecy fulfilled, as some may say, pretty recently. <laughs> Um, would you like to share with how share how you were right? Sure, I'll, I'll be glad to share. So one of the things I got right it was it was probably week twelve or something. I predicted that Anthony Lynn, the head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers, would be fired at the end of the season. Quick cut, and lo and behold, uh, he was fired. He was relieved of duty, and I'm pretty sure that all Chargers fans. Uh, are, are glad to see him gone. That they don't. Uh, hopefully, they don't have to worry about losing any close single-digit games anymore. Because I know they've lost over ten games for just the past two years, being single digits. But one thing I got wrong was uh, I have to agree with Graham that uh, Super Bowl picks. Uh, I, I was going Chiefs and Ravens. Uh, I I don't believe the Ravens are going to make it past the first round. Uh, I I got the Titans and Derrick Henry uh, running all over the Ravens' defense. So, what about you, Hampton? All right. So, I like uh, what all y'all said. Um, it's crazy to kind of just track the, I don't know, the roller coaster ride of, oh, you think you're right, and then you, uh, and then it just changes five thousand times throughout the year. Um, one thing I definitely got right. Uh, when we did our MVP discussion, um, I pred- I said that Derrick Henry deserved MVP. And, man, that brother did not let me down. Uh, second year in a row to lead the league in attempts, yards, and touchdowns. I had over 2,000 yards, only the eighth back in NFL history to do it. Uh, I mean, he put his team on his back that final game to secure that AFC South division title. He had like 250 yards or something. Uh, honestly, you could really make the case for him being the most valuable player to his team. Because uh, mm. I think if you take him off the Titans, they're a very pedestrian football team. Uh, so shout out to King Henry for uh, proving me right and, uh, you know, carrying the Titans to the playoffs. Where I was wrong uh, – I predicted, you know, the Rams to win the NFC West, and they did not do that. They got in the playoffs, um, but I was higher on them all year um, up until, like, the last three or four weeks, and um, I'm not going to go into the whole Jerry Goff thing again, but I will say uh, 
I think maybe that was a blessing in disguise because that John Wolford kid looked pretty good this past Sunday. I know he's playing the Cardinals, um, but I think he showed some things. And honestly, I think McVeigh showed that he can check up his playbook um, to fit a mobile quarterback. There was a lot more read option, RPO action um, in the game plan this past Sunday. But um, I picked the Rams to kind of win uh, the NFC West and – you know, they, did, they didn't didn't get done. And another minor thing I was wrong about, I thought the Dolphins would get in the playoffs, um, and they just simply weren't ready yet. Hmm. Uh, they had an embarrassing performance all around uh, against the Bills on Sunday. Um, Tua did not play well. The defense did not play well. Um, and I'm not going to get into, you know, all the specifics here. I know we've done a lot of Tua talk on this podcast, so uh, I'll leave it at that. But um, – I like the list, guys. I like uh, everybody kind of coming up with uh, you know some pat on the backs and some things that we can you know improve on going into next year. But uh, let's transition to um, our predictions for who is going to win MVP, Coach of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. So we'll start with MVP, um, and we'll kind of go rapid fire, go real quick, not spend a whole lot of time on this. But uh, Chase, who? Who in your mind gets your MVP vote? Man, I, I don't think you can overthink this. I think Aaron Rodgers is is clear cut, and I want to just share one really cool stat. And I think that I got the numbers right on this. I think that Aaron Rodgers threw it was either four. I think it was forty five touchdowns, and they only punted forty three times, or it was something absolutely absurd like that. And it was only by two. It might have been forty seven and forty five, or forty five and forty three, but. Uh, Anyways, it was just absolutely crazy that you can throw more touchdowns than punt the ball. I mean, J.K. Scott, that's what you call easy money right there, brother. <laughs> Even though he got housed on a couple times. Great <laughs> attack worth the crap. <laughs> what do you What do you got, Graham? I couldn't agree MVP? with you more. The guy that I picked the last time we did the MVP discussion, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Uh, had a phenomenal season. Led the Packers team that. You know, outside of Devontae Adams and maybe Aaron Jones lacked weapons. And Aaron Rodgers had made this offense look phenomenal all season. You know, a few hiccups along the way, but has really performed, uh, honestly, the best he ever has. And he's 37 years old. And how many quarterbacks, how many NFL players are, are play their best football when they're 37? Not very many. Aaron Rodgers, my MVP vote. Kyle, who you got for your MVP? You know what? I'm going to be different. Why not? Of course you are. You know, course you, are. you know who my MVP is. It's that bad dude down in Kansas City who only lost one game all year. Um, I mean, his his resume speaks for itself. I don't think I have to elaborate much. Although Aaron Rodgers probably is going to win it, and he deserves it. Patty's still my guy, and we're hope. I would love nothing more than an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. That would be extremely fun Please. to watch, and we could see who the Please. real MVP is. Suave, where do you stand on this argument? So, my MVP, uh, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. Attaboy. Attaboy. I'd like to do something that Chase did and point out a stat. Now, now this isn't from me. This is from Dan uh, Overlosky. He said that if Derrick Henry did not touch the ball, in the whole second half of the football season, he'd still be in the top four rushing in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. and that 
had is something. And, and I mean, if you take – as Hampton said, you put Derrick Henry on any other team, the Titans come predictable. So, without him, I don't think they go. Hampton, who's your pick for MVP? Well, before I give my pick, I'll add another stat. Uh, Derrick Henry led the league in rushing. Dalvin Cook was second. The third leading rusher was Derrick Henry after contact. Uh, so, uh, he had an incredible year. I think you – I don't think you can argue with that MVP choice. <laughs> Um, so I really like that pick. I got to go Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he had 48 touchdowns and like five interceptions, which beat his previous um, MVP season in 2011, where he had 46 touchdowns and five picks, I believe. Um, his quarterback rating was third highest ever behind, again, himself in 2011, Peyton Manning in 2004. Uh, he was just incredible. Took his game to another level. Him and Matt LaFleur have been in sync all year. Uh, I think I think you got to give it to him. Uh, Mahomes is a worthy um, challenger, but the problem with Mahomes is he struggled a little bit down the stretch. And, um, you know, it might be recency bias, but um, I see it as he, he had two hands on the trophy and he lost his grip and Aaron Rodgers took mm. it away from him in the final month of the season. So, <laughs> Uh, Hampton, I'll, I'll, I'll add something real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, just to, you know, kind of – Kyle said that Patrick Mahomes was his MVP. I think that the MVP is decided by who's on more State Farm commercials, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> on State Farm commercials, and Aaron Rodgers steals the show. So, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. If you need any more convincing, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you better get that, that Rodgers rate. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So now let's do uh let's do coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh Swab. Who's your coach of the year, man? Man, give me the Bills coach, Sean oh. McDermott. Oh coach of the year. He got it from his chase. Dang it, he stole it right out of my mouth. Man, that is spread your notes. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Man, I've ridden this train all year. There ain't no way I'm hopping off now. Ron Rivera. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, the man – Ben went through seven weeks of chemotherapy, didn't miss a game. That right there is inspiring as a team. Not only that, but when old, when old Haskins, he – I mean, the um, – okay, I'm sorry. I just stuttered really badly right there. <laughs> Let me start over. So, how many first-year coaches are going to come in and – just disbanding the quote-unquote future franchise QB three games into the year. Probably not many. I mean, he said, I wanted to win now. We got a great defense. I want to win now. And he does. They started at one and five. He starts transitioning. He finally gets Olymp and Alex Smith out there, and they start winning some football games. And they won just enough. They win a very contested division. I think just his inspiring – his inspiring presence in the locker room really, really motivated this team to, because a lot of times I feel like teams, a lot of times at one and five, they're just going to lay down and quit, cash their checks, move on to next year. But now nah, seeing that man coming to the locker room every day and fighting, I think that's inspiring. And I think he's the main reason they ended up winning this division and Ron Rivera coach of the year, big quarterback moves. I really like him going forward. And I really like him as a sleeper coach of the year pick Graham Chase. Hey, Kyle. Yes, sir. Hampton, you can come on. Hey, Kyle. 
You sound like Shep talking about players <laughs> with heart, and that because <laughs> they have like a heart and grit. And all that stuff. Well, hey, there's, there's a difference here. There's a difference here. Let me say. The intangible. Let me say. Let me say. Hey, listen. There's a difference here. No matter how much heart I have, I'm not going to be able to throw the ball further than Patrick Holmes. But as a coach, if you have heart, you can inspire that into the people that can throw the ball as far as Patrick Holmes and lead them to a victory. There's a difference right there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> Lordy B. Go ahead, Graham. Kyle, I like your pick for uh, Ron, Ron Rivera. Definitely a culture change uh, was needed in Washington, and he definitely filled those shoes in. I'm also going with a guy that kind of brought a culture change to a team. I'm going with Kevin Stefanski uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I, I liked Swath's pick for Sean McDermott. Uh, he was really intriguing, but. Kevin Stefanski took this Cleveland Browns team to their first winning season since 2007. And the Cleveland Browns really had never been good. And this year they ended up going, uh, what was it? You know, nine and four uh, or 10 and uh, 11 and five, excuse me, 11 and five. Like, (laughs) and they hadn't had a winning season since 2007. They really found the pieces to, to make this team work uh, together. Baker Mayfield playing good football, uh, you know, playing the best of his career so far, uh, really using that run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, I got to go with Kevin Stefanski taking a Browns team that hasn't had a winning record in you know 13 years and you know bringing them to a winning record, 11 and five, and competing for uh, you know the division title and the AFC North. I, I got to give it to them. Uh, you know they eat through, but I, I hope they could you know, have a chance to win a playoff game. It might not because of COVID, but I got to give it to Kevin Stefanski, who right now is uh, you know, has COVID, but uh, you know won't be coaching in the, the first playoff game. But uh, I got to give it to him. I think he's done a great job and is uh, well deserving of uh, Coach of the Year. Chase, who are you going to take as your uh, Coach of the Year? Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually told Hampton what mine was going into this, and it's mm-hmm. just one of those feelings in your stomach where you know that. If you don't get picked first, somebody else is going to freaking steal it from you. But, uh, man, Swap, great pick. Um, I totally agree with you. I think Sean McDermott is is well-deserving. I think he took that, that team to a, a next level. So, uh, saying that, I think I'm going to have to go the unconventional route and say that Adam Gates <laughs> is my co- <laughs> Got him. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I I think I have some convincing cases. I think, that I, I, like I said, I want Sean McDermott. I'm going to bring us just attention. Let's just bring some attention to two guys that I think no one will pick um, but need to be talked about. And honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bruce Arenas down at the Bucks. <laughs> check this out. They have not made – listen listen to the stats, brother. I know. I butcher that Bruce Arenas, Arians, Arians. We could have just, just rolled with that, and no one would have ever known. But that's so funny. Okay, and all, all I wanted to bring is good. Chase. To is, a for effort. A that's for what effort. I'm saying. Hey, hey, I just want to point out that Swab said the Bills head coach. He didn't even say a name, but he said it. So let me. Let me take back the last 30 seconds of this podcast and say the B- the Bucks head coach. <laughs> I would just like to point that, man, they, they have not made made to the playoffs since 2007, and he had them at 11-5 uh, win-loss record. So I think there's something to be said that 
uh, something to be said there. But I guess this is one that I'm going to actually say and stand beside. All right. Does anybody know a team last year that was 8-8? Eight and eight? That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Mike Tomlin is constantly slept on. I like it. He, he does not have losing records. He took an 8-8 eight and eight team. And I think that – didn't they make the playoffs last year? No. Or did they not make the playoffs? They did not. They, winning record. they, they just had, they, they, they still had the – they didn't have a losing record, um, even with just an absolutely awful team. And I know that the Steelers have been up and down this year, but I think there's something to be said about consistency, and there's something to be said with even when you – like he just has a way of motivating his players no matter what uh, – like what the – I guess the, the – the cards that are dealt to them. Um, I think with all the COVID situation this year, I, I love his interviews. Uh, he doesn't like any low hanging fruit, but I, I mean, I hate to say that Chris, uh, Mike Tomlin actually like he's one of those coaches that you just expect to do well. And he does well. So he doesn't get his name thrown into these kind of conversations when at the end of the day, he hadn't ever had a losing record. And again, the Steelers are here in the playoffs um, look like they're going to be playing a beaten up uh, Browns team. I, I, I want to give it to Mike Tomlin. I think that it's well-deserved, more for his body of work, um, not necessarily just this season. But I think if they would have seriously you know, finished the – if they would have beat the teams they were supposed to beat this year, their, their record would look amazing. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to give it to Mike Tomlin. I think this is just for his body of work. Um, yes, sir. Graham, have you gone yet? Okay, I'm going to throw it over to Hampton. All right. I like both of those picks. Um, Arians is not someone I would have thought of. Neither really Tomlin, but um, I mean, you got to give you got to give credit. Um, Arians has um, weathered the storm, and Brady, you know, Brady's played well for the most part. Uh, so great pick on that. And then Mike Tomlin, you can't argue with. Uh, what are they? Twelve and four. You can't, yeah, I mean, yeah. From eight and eight to twelve and four. I mean, I know there's only four wins, but I think if they would have finished, you know, a couple of those games, like even like the Bengals, man. I mean, we're talking about a five plus win. You know, mm-hmm. won five more games this year. I think that's really something we said. But they they won four more. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, I can't believe he hadn't been mentioned, but I will. Here's my coach of the year, and I think he's actually going to win the award. Brian Flores in Miami. Uh, the team was five. And eleven last year, and they jumped to ten and six this year. Uh, I think the coaching job he's done um, is magnificent because if you actually look at the roster, other than um, at DB where they're, I think they're really talented with Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones, um, and a couple, you know, a couple other draft picks that they had. Noah Igbenogany, even though he didn't play a lot this year. Brandon Jones. Uh, Bobby McCain, Nick Needham. Um, I think he's just done – he did an outstanding job developing the talent he had, um, doing a good job with the scheme, confusing, um, you know, offenses. I think that was a big thing. Um, and, you know, I didn't – I don't really wholeheartedly agree with how he handled the quarterback situation at times. Um, but I can't argue with the results that he got, you know, he had his team on the cusp of the playoffs, and, um, you know, it's hard to give it to him maybe with the embarrassment they had against the Bills, but I think his entire body work um, can't be undone. And brighter days are ahead for Miami. Um, they, I think they'll be good for a long time, especially with him at the helm. So um, I give the coach flow. I like it. I'm not – yeah, I'm not mad at that. I- 
I think this is this okay. is you could give it to any one of those guys we talked about. I think there's been lots of teams that have made uh, improvements, and the ones that were good last year took a, a step up this year. And I think we can, you know say a lot of that is on the coaching. I mean, you have Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera, uh, you know Kevin Stefanski, Brian Flores. I think they all have done a deserving job um, and, and could easily win this award. I just can, uh, can I ask you one one off the cuff question real quick. Of course. And this 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 is going to be really quick. Um can we since Black Monday has passed who's the worst coach that mm. kept their job? Oh, great question. I think I think I actually got one. I got one, one too. Hold, let me think. Let me think. Wait, no I don't. No okay, I don't. No, no I don't. I lied. Here, I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go unconventional. I'm going to leave. I think there's somebody that that you know on, on like in your mind um that kept kept their job. And I'm going to leave that one for one of y'all and let y'all think about it for a second. But, guys, I want to tell you, I'm starting to have some reservations about Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, man. The way that he managed that game against the Rams, I running Kyler Murray, who's hurt on like a third, what was it, 18? That like, option play? Oh, ew, my God. Man, like, what are you doing? Just, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could answer it for you. <laughs> but, I'm, I, guys, I'm starting to wonder. I mean, he got fired at, at uh, I'm sorry, Texas Tech. Um, and I, I think everybody kind of raised their eyebrow, like, oh, man, he could pan out. He couldn't. I think he's probably – he kind of – in my mind, I kind of put him and Lane Kiffin in the same, like, kind of group of probably really good minds for football, but maybe not the best head coaches. Mm-hmm. And I that's, that's going to be one team that I think – I mean, think if that team – like, think if Kyler gets hurt next year, if you start calling plays that are that ignorant – I mean, dude, that 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 team can get bad really quickly. I think with with some bad play calling like that. Um, yeah, that's. I'm gonna throw him in there because I think there's also somebody. And if it doesn't get mentioned, I don't mind saying it. But uh, who wants to go next? Uh, go ahead. I'll go. I'll go real quick. Um, my my guy is a thick thick Fangio from. I think. That I think that team has too much talent to go eleven or whatever they went, um, or six and ten. I think they got too much talent to, uh, to do that. And next year, if they, with Von Miller coming back, if everyone stays healthy, I mean, you got a good receiving core, you got a good running back, a couple good running backs, and uh, your defensive front's really good. If you don't get in the playoffs, if you're not in playoff contention um it's time to pack your fanny pack and get out of town so uh that'd be my pick i, I got one and unless you want to go, no, go ahead Kyle. that's a good pick i was going to say doug mm. peterson yes um, yeah yeah i mean get it's just a shame i mean even the year they won the super bowl it kind of just felt like a perfect storm like we got to ask ourselves was that really doug peterson or was that just guys getting hot at the right time catching some breaks it was frank right yeah yeah so, um, and then Doug Peterson went and wrote a book after they win that. And then ever since then, I remember Colin Coward had a clip on that. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Y'all should go check that out, you listeners. Colin Coward wrote a book. I'm telling you, I laugh forever. Everybody here needs to listen to that, too. He was just bashing <laughs> Doug Peterson after he won, after won Super Bowl. And then Peterson, what has he done since? Like, absolutely nothing. It seems like they take a step back each and every year. I mean, you got Carson Wentz. I mean, True. you might can place some of Carson Wentz struggles on Doug Peterson. Who knows if he gets shipped out and something happens? I mean, I think if if they underperform again next year, I think he's on. I think he might be the first to go. He's definitely going to be on the hot seat there. 
Um, so I got to say Doug Peterson. That, that, Great pig. Yeah, that, that's yeah, I, I'm going to kind of go a, a little different route. I'm going to go with Zach Taylor from the Bengals. I, I, I think mm, – Oh, yes. interesting. I, I think that, that he's know, trash. Yeah, you give him <laughs> – <laughs> 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 so, uh, Zach Taylor, you know, last year they had, you know, well, no quarterback. Well, if you count Andy Dalton, then, you know, whatever. They had Andy Dalton, and he benches him to pretty much tank. And so, well – the credit to him, at least he knows how to tank, right? I mean, you know, Adam Gase can't do that, you know. So, uh, I, I, Zach Taylor, overall record in his uh, two seasons, uh, he six win, he has six wins, twenty five losses, and one tie. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad if uh, you don't want to ever win. But you know, I, I think with you know, you look at you know the Bengals early in the season, show a little bit of improvement with Joe Burrow. But what happens to Joe, he absolutely gets, you know, his knee obliterated. That offensive line is absolutely horrendous. Um, the Bengals just, they didn't really seem to get it right with Zach Taylor. Um, I understand why they didn't fire him because, you know, you can't grade somebody when, when they get hurt. But, yeah, I, I guess I'll go with Zach Taylor. If I was going to throw out another guy, I'd, you know, a guy that I was disappointed with was Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys. You know, I, I, again, that getting hurt, that, yeah. that really hurts. But a, a team that just so was so inconsistent throughout the season, the Cowboys, to me, never really had a bright spot. Even, uh, you know, once Dak left, like, the running game wasn't good. The defense was terrible. Uh, you know, there were the Cowboys had every chance in the world to win that division. And Mike McCarthy just didn't seem to be the right hire either. Uh, got, the guys that I picked, you know, still kept their jobs, but th- they'll probably be on the hot seat next year uh, if some uh, improvements aren't made. Um, since y'all took all the good guys that, uh, you know, let me phrase that, all the bad guys that uh, just you know, <laughs> slipped by this season. Um, go ahead. Hey, I kind of want to add one more that y'all may disagree with me on. John Gruden. Mm. Ooh. I mean, they were average. They, I mean, they feel like their expectations were set much higher this year, and especially they went eight and eight yeah. this year, and they're going to be expected to make the playoffs next year. And if if they come up six, seven, eight win range, I think we got to start throwing John mm-hmm. Gruden on the hot seat. Um, it's not like he doesn't. If he agree. doesn't have the talent. He doesn't have the playmakers. I mean, offensively, they got some. They got some dudes out there offensively. I mean, Derek Carr is a. A proven, I mean, he's no MVP caliber guy, but he's a proven NFL quarterback. You got Josh Jake. Well, mm-hmm. We might have Josh Jacobs. Who knows? You got you got Rugs and Waller. Pour one out for the homie. <laughs> I mean, obviously not at this exact second, John Groove, but I think I think next year mm-hmm. if things don't go potentially. right. Potentially, he's he's a guy to look for on the hot seat. And you know my my hate for the Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> no, so. <laughs> I, I don't think that John Groove's a yeah. bad pick. I mean. The Raiders this season had really high moments where it's like, man, the Raiders are really good. You know, they they go to Kansas City and, and beat Patty Mahomes. Uh, you know, they they beat the Saints at home. You know, to open their your new stadium, and then there's other games where it's like, you don't even know what's going on. You know, the Raiders just seem to fall apart. Are uh, you know, RIP whenever they face Mass uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? What a, what a, what a disaster! I, I like yeah. that pick. Mm-hmm. Can, I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I just want to put one more on y'all's Go radar. Ahead, and and I know I'm going. I'm going complete 180 right here. But Mike Zimmer, 
Hmm. Is, I, I Interesting. Think, I think Kevin Stefanski was the brains behind that op- operation, just like um, the guy, the the Eagles that was with Carson Wentz that's now at the Colts. Yeah. Um, I don't Ooh, know, man. Come on. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I don't know, man. You just some of these guys, you got to realize. I, I'm over here looking up, like, there, there was a thing on Reddit talking about teams that got, like, who got better and who got worse, and some of them, I mean, you've got kind of like you've got. You know, like the 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 Saints, you know, but statistically got worse. But uh, dude, you got to watch out for the, like the Vikings are going in the wrong direction, and that's what you look for as a coach. You know, are they bringing in ta- like the GM's the one who's bringing in the mm-hmm. talent, but can the coach develop that talent? And I think that Justin Jefferson, they hit on him, mm-hmm. but no. their defense was not good this year. I think that uh, man, Kirk Cousins, agent man, that guy is a stud. He is robbing the Vikings and making. He's like robbing them like two or three years out. Like, like the deal won't even be done. It's like, oh yeah, like Kirk Cousins just agreed to like another five year extension. Like, wait, what? Like, his deal wasn't even done. But, anyways, that, I want to throw his name out there because I, I think this time next year, I think if, even if he does the exact same, I think his name's gonna be on the chopping block. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, I like it, Chase, and. Uh... I'd like to add one coach that uh, y'all may forget about. His team is actually in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, Matt Nagy for nice. the Bears. Mm. I like that. Uh, his, his defense is stout. That, that, there's no doubt about that. But his offense, on the other hand, uh, other than Allen Iverson, <laughs> I mean, uh, Allen Rossford. <laughs> I call myself. We talking about practice. <laughs> Uh, other than Allen Robinson, uh, that, that there needs to be work on either Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. Who's the quarterback going to be? And uh, the, I mean that they should be making deep runs in, in the playoffs with the defense. Yeah, that, that's and the that's a good point, Swap. I, I I just see the stat here that the Bears scoring differential between the points that they scored and the points that they allowed is two points. The Bears scored two more points than they allowed. <laughs> That's crazy for a playoff team. Ouch. A, a team that, you know, has a yeah. – you know, the Bears have a, a good defense. That, that offense, you know, it, it's kind of clicking, you know, recently. But, man, two a two-point differential going into mm-hmm. the playoffs, mm, that's going to cut it close. Yeah, I like it. Chase, that was a great question uh, off the off the cuff, man. I really like that. Uh, um, threw out some good uh, good discussions, but for the sake of time, um, for defense rookie of the year, I think we all agree Chase Young should win that award. Um, so we'll do that real quick, and I mean, just give me an answer, not really anything more. Who's your offensive rookie of the year? Kyle, go. I uh, got to be Justin Jefferson from an impact standpoint. I, I got the got. same thing. Justin Jefferson came in as the top five receiver in the NFL. Got to go with him. Chase, who who is your uh, offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I, I think I got to go Justin Jefferson here too. Uh, man, th- think, think though if uh, Joe Burrow would have gotten a full season, mm-hmm. I think we'd be mm-hmm. having a really fun conversation right yeah. now. What about you, Swaff? <laughs> Give me Justin hometown hero purple. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Um, 
<laughs> like the pick swap. I'm going to go with uh, Jefferson, too. Uh, broke the rookie record for uh, receiving yards in a year. So, uh, give me Justin Jefferson. Uh, before we get into playoff discussion, kind of break down some matchups and make our predictions. Road Swab, I can't wait to hear your coaching report. Um, who's interviewing where? What jobs are up uh, up and available? Uh, get What you got for us? Okay, so, well, just – as of about 8.30 tonight, the Texans hired the Pats executive as their general manager. Uh, the Panthers have interviewed uh, six coaches or six people for their GM opening. The Falcons interviewed coach, the Colts director of college scouting, Brad Holmes. The 49ers DC, Robert uh, Salah, had interviewed for the Chargers and Falcons head coaching positions. Joe Brady interviewed for the Texans head coaching position. Uh, Eric Benamy and Marvin Lewis interviewed for the Detroit head coaching position. Uh, Brandon Staley uh, interviewed for the Jets head coaching position. And uh, Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator, has interviewed for the Chargers, Jets, Jaguars, Lions, Falcons, Mm. and Texans head coaching positions. And there are seven general manager openings, the Broncos, Panthers, Lions, uh, Texans, which just got filled, so you can take them off. Uh, Falcons, Jaguars, and Kyle's favorite team, the Washington football team. Mm. Mm. Oh, man, that, that's well, a it kind of it kind of goes to show, like you know what you know what team you know people teams are interviewing. Like it seems that we all would think that you know Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City would be the you know the people the the guy that people want, but is Arthur Smith that guy? Man, like he's getting interviews everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Brian Dable, too. I think from what I've heard, the enemy is not that mm-hmm. great of an interview. From what I've heard, heard from people um, who have talked to, you know, GMs and uh, people in the front office that kind of conduct searches, they say um, they're a lot more impressed with Robert Sala from the 49ers. Um, he's much – much better interview, much more captivating in the interview. So, um, you know, and I, I want to say, and I, and I hope I don't cancel the enemy. But uh-uh. I think that he has, I think he has yeah. some sexual assault stuff that's lingering out there. And Hampton, have you seen that too? Yeah, I remember you sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yes. there's, yeah. There's some, there's some stuff floating around. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, honestly, the article I saw could even be completely wrong. So, um, just throwing that out there throwing that out there that might be why his name is not uh i mean the worst thing you want is kind of like with the whole uh washington football team i mean they got a new president or whatever and it was like the next day the dan snyder stuff came out like yeah just not a good got not a good press especially uh I mean, it's not okay if it's true but but you know not to yeah. go on with about that but anyways that might be why his name is not as hot um as we might think it should be yeah no i agree i agree uh Great stuff, Swap, as always, buddy. Good to good to hear that report again, like music to my ears. Love it. Um, so for the final segment of the show, um, let's predict these playoff matchups, guys. Uh, we're going to start with Bucks versus the football team of Washington. Um, so what I'm thinking that we can do, we can, you know, we can discuss a little bit and go back and forth, but 
We don't want to get too long wind on each matchup because we got to get through six of them. Um, so, Kyle, I know you had an interesting stat um, to share um, on the pod that I sent you, and I think it'd be really good. And I want you to briefly discuss that and then give me your pick for the game, um, even though you probably already gave your pick earlier. <laughs> Uh, shout out Sports Talk Barry, if any of you listeners don't follow him on Twitter. Hampton <laughs> sent me the legend because he, he, he always hates on Brady. And then he sent an interesting stat about passer ratings against playoff teams. And obviously you got Mahomes and Rodgers up top with 118 and 115. But lo and behold, against playoff teams, Tom Brady's passer rating is a 96.5. I mean, 76.5. I'm sorry. 76. Um, and rated slightly above him is none other than guys like Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, old Phil Rivers, guys like that that kind of get an – I mean, that kind of are like your quarterbacks are like, eh. and I was digging a little deeper, and I was a little more shocked too. Y'all, wanna, y'all know what Tom Brady's record against playoff teams are? One and oh, five. five. One and five, yeah, that'd be Green Bay. One and five against playoff teams. And I was also doing some research, some more research, on why I think Washington is going to beat Tampa Bay. And if you look at every single defensive passing category, like stat uh, completions, yards per game, stuff like that, Washington is ranked second and third in just about every single one of those categories. They're ranked sixth in pass rush. I see this game being very low scoring, and I see them getting pressure on Tom. He might make a mistake or two, um, and I don't think they're going to really be able to move the ball on him. We've seen Brady light up bad teams, but he struggles against good teams. And dare I say, first-round exit, the glass slipper fits, the coach of the year gets a gets a first-round win, Ron Rivera and them boys will upset Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Am I crazy? Bring or the bell. Y'all, or do y'all see it happening, Chase? Let me, tell me, let me hear what you think. Man, I mean, you, 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 I mean, I can't argue maybe your logic, but I, I think I got to go with Tampa Bay here and just not overthink this one. I, I, I think I saw, I mean, dude, I don't even know who's playing quarterback for the, for the football team this they week. They don't know. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, I, I think that they've been, it, it's been a great story. Um, I don't know if they've got one more in them. And, I, man, I, I think I even heard whenever y'all were talking about maybe even the Eagles versus the uh, football teams past week, um, talking about like Jalen, you know, the, the, the Reds, I'm sorry, the, the uh, Washington canceled me right on, uh, the, the Washington football team was going to force turnovers. And I think, I, I think that, yeah, that might happen, but don't put it past whoever's playing quarterback for the Washington football team to also turn the ball yep. over. Um, they don't yep. have an elite, um, quarterback and I like I, I think their their runs coming to an end. I also see where like I think that uh the Bucks have an eight point favorite. I think that I would uh I think I I would probably go with the under on that with the Bucks. I, with. I, I agree with you, Chase. I, I think that you know when you kinda look into uh you know the playoffs, you usually like the teams that, that do well late that are really kind of putting things together at the end of the season. I, I think that's what the Bucks are kind of doing. They they've won four straight the offense is clicking. Um, you know the the weapons are there. Mike Evans. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to play. He injured his his knee uh, against the Falcons. But you see the you know Washington football team just barely scooting by, barely scooting by against the Eagles. And 
they're not not their you know backup quarterback, but their backup of their backup quarterback in what what was that Sudfeld like? <laughs> it almost seemed like the Eagles and Doug Pearson were were try yeah were to make a wish like here trying to lose <laughs> and they barely won. I got to go with the Buccaneers. I, I think that their their offense is clicking. You know, you give Tom Brady uh, some weapons. Playoff is his time. I mean, he always you know performs well in the in the playoffs. I, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Chase. But I might even take the over. I, I think that you know Washington's not the best team at scoring the football. Uh, so I I might take you know over eight. But I I don't see the the Buccaneers beating about thirty or anything crazy. But you know maybe two scores or something like that. Suave, what do you got? You think the Buccaneers or uh, the Washington football team is going to pull it out uh, in Tampa Bay? Or is it – Or is it? hold up. It, let me, let know, me correct. It's actually of... in Washington. I, I did want to correct myself. It's in Washington. Go. Well, I, I will say Kyle made a lot of good good points. Uh, that That's – very eye-opening, but uh, I'm going to have to go with number 12 for the Bucks. Uh, give me the Bucks uh, to, to beat the Washington football team uh, with that offensive firepower. I know their defense struggles at some time, but uh, don't doubt number 12. Uh, what about you, Hampton? I think I'm going to go Buccaneers as well. Unbelievable. Kyle. Unbelievable. Kyle, you made a bunch of great points, brother. Couldn't convince you made one a bunch person. Of but but listen, listen, you got I, hey hey that Alabama <laughs> line gonna make some racket. They are. I, I, I'm with it, Kyle. I, I I I'm with you. But you you talking about Tom Brady the goat? I, I gotta go with him. But I, I I love the enthusiasm on the Washington football team. And that defense line will make it tough on Tom. That's who he struggles against in his career. Teams that can pressure him um, and kind of, you know, limit his time to throw and disrupt timing. But the problem is I don't think that they can do it to the level to win when they're going to be rotating Alex Smith and Taylor Heineken or however you say his name. I guess. Uh, but no, we're here on that one somewhere. Um, but, uh, no, I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Now, would I be shocked? Absolutely not. I think it'll be a very close game. Um, I think if, if the Bucks come out and they blow them out, that would be kind of eye opening as to the trajectory of the team. Um, they played good the past couple of weeks, but I don't put a lot of stock into that because they've been playing terrible teams. Uh, but give me the Buccaneers in, Probably about a ten point victory, ten to ten to fourteen I, I, point I left victory. off one stat that I meant to say when I because I was just railing off so many great stats for the Washington football team. I left yeah. one out. You know what I mean? Washington, pat yourself on the Washington back. has not given up more than twenty points in seven straight games. <laughs> that's that's got to that's, that's got to speak some volume right there for it's, for you to go out and you know you only need twenty one points to win a football game. Give me one leg at Alex Smith. I don't care if he's not playing or not. Alex Smith is stepping <laughs> on that field next week, and he will lead them to a victory. It don't matter how healthy he is. That man's got one more game in him. Come on, Washington. I'm telling you, I got a feeling. Don't count them out, baby. Well, I kind of hope you're right. I kind of hope you're right. Um, so, Bucks by three. Bucks by three. Interesting. 
Sixers club. I like it. Uh, the next game, so we'll go NFC then AFC. So for AFC, we'll do um, Colts versus Bills. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give mine. I think Bills win pretty easily. Um, they've been the best team of football over the past uh, month or two. So give me the Bills. Um, yeah, Kyle. Who, or, Kyle no, I'm going to go with the Bills. Josh got. Allen's been looking uh, good recently. You know, the Bills playing at home. I think I saw where the Bills are actually going to have uh, like 5,000 fans or something like that at this game, and I don't believe they've had any fans uh, previously. Give me Buffalo at home. Uh, whether nope. it's cold or not, I don't know. You know, the Buffalo Bills at home in uh, probably the cold in New York. Uh, Josh Allen, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Bills. Suave, who you got, Bills or Colts? Uh, give me the Bills. What about you, Chase? Yeah, I mean, as much as I know that Kyle loves the Colts, <laughs> <laughs> man, I think I'm with you, dude. I, I kind of hate it. Um, honestly, I mean, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm just trying to think if there's a team that I would like the Colts over, but I won't get into that. I think I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. Yeah. What about you, Hampton? I already went. Kyle, you got it, buddy. Yeah, the Colts are that one good team that could win every single week, and I'm still not going to be a believer. Give me the Bills by a thousand. Love it. Wow. Bills by a thousand. All right. Um, yeah, that, I, I knew that one would be a quick one. So, uh, we'll, we'll go back to the NFC, and um, we'll do Saints versus Bears. I think this will probably be a quick one, too. Uh Chase, who you got in this one, man? What man, give me the Saints, and I'm going to go with the over on that. Hmm. The over? Okay. No, yeah. I, I agree with you, Chase. The Saints playing at home. What about you, yeah, Graham? They, the Superdome just has a different feel for it. I'm going to go with uh, Drew Brees and the noodle arm uh, over the Bears. They have been playing better recently, but I just don't think they have enough <laughs> offensive firepower um, to keep up with a, a, a Sean Payton coached offense. Mm-hmm. Kyle, who you got? Saints-Bears in New Orleans. Bears scored 30-plus four out of the last five. I think they can make it interesting, but ultimately Saints are going to be too much. Give me Saints. Uh, yeah, Saints going to win this one. Swaff. As they say in New Orleans, who dat? Even the Saints. You stole my line. I was literally going to say who dat. Um, yeah, give me the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara. And uh, I think Michael Thomas has a big game in his triumphant return um, if he plays this week. So uh, give me them to kind of move on to the divisional round. Uh, next matchup, the Cleveland Browns, uh, COVID depleted, you know, without their coach and without um, Suave, I think you said 10 players, right? That is correct. That's correct. All right, they are traveling to the frozen tundra in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, they played last week. Cleveland won 24-22 to get in the playoffs. Pittsburgh sat a lot of their guys. Um, Suave, who, who, who's winning this one? You know, with, with all the code restrictions for the Browns, then possibly – not having 10 up to 17 players for this weekend. Uh, give me the Steelers. 
to to win, and I, I'm picking the Steelers because their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.J. Watt led the league in sacks, and then uh, also with Minka Fitzpatrick, I, I'm just going with the Steelers and the defense. What about you, Chase? Man, I, I'm with you, Suave. I, I think I've liked the Steelers the whole season, but let me tell you guys something. Wouldn't it be fitting? For this game to get postponed, the Steelers suffer again because of COVID situations, not of their own doing. Yep. And then they have to mess around and play some weird time where they have to play like two playoff games within a week. I'm going to go with the Steelers, but I almost want to (laughs) hammer this game not getting played when it's supposed to. (laughs) But, uh, man, what do you have, Hampton? I'm in all of your point. That I mean, that is a great point. I would not be shocked at all if they got um, the boot again for their um, for their opponent's wrongdoing. Which I mean, it's not a wrongdoing to get sick. It happens, but um, out of their control. But I like the Steelers. I really um, I respect them for what they did against the Colts. Um, they looked like a dead football team in the water. Came out and came back and beat them. Uh, I don't know. Cle- Cleveland is a solid team. Um, I don't think they're a flashy team, and I think um, – I just think the Steelers will get it done with their defense, like Suave said, and uh, Big Ben's got a little magic left in the arm. So, give me uh, give me Pittsburgh. Kyle? Man, I'm so torn. I've, I've kind of, I've kind oh. of been a Closet Browns fan part of this year. But man, they lose to they lose to the Jets. They scrape by a a, a second string Pittsburgh team. Oh man, I'm so torn. A lot of their guys are out. If you would have asked me two weeks ago, I'd say give me Cleveland all day. But man, I if the game gets postponed, which I think if they don't post, unless it's I'm not exactly sure the caliber of guys that are sitting out or are sick. But I mean if. If they don't postpone it, I think they're creating a weird a weird dynamic going forward. Like, what happens if Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, one of yeah. them guys come down with it? And then, so they're going to post – they'll obviously postpone it for one of those guys. But, I mean, you got ten guys out for Cleveland and they don't postpone it. It's kind of a weird thing here. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I'm honestly torn. Uh, I, I like Cleveland, but without ten <clears> guys, without their coach, they're trending down. It's all about getting hot at the right time. Look like Steelers might have turned it around in the second half of the Colts. I think, even though I don't like the Steelers, I think they get this. I think they get it done. Um, yeah, I, I, I like your points. Uh, the last time that Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett faced off, there was a uh, a, a beat down of mass proportions. There's something we'd never seen before <laughs> happen. <laughs> and, and then they they faced off this past week. The Steelers rested Big Ben. And what happens? Miles Garrett and the Browns, uh, they win. They beat uh, they beat Mason Rudolph. So Miles Garrett, I'll take over Mason Rudolph. But I'm going to take Big Ben over uh, Miles Garrett. Give me the Steelers at home. Heinz Field, just a different atmosphere. Uh, I think the the Steelers will be ready to go uh, on, on Sunday at home. Yeah. Good little flip, Graham. Give a little flip that Miles Garrett beat Mason Rudolph, but Big Ben. But not with a helmet. Him. But not with a helmet. I like it. Uh, I got, I got so money now, on Miles Garrett. Yeah. Hundred percent. And then that man getting nominated for Walter Man. Walter Payton Man. <laughs> what a joke. Um, all right. We'll move in to the final two games 
And I think these two are the most interesting um, and where we might actually have some disagreement because we've been pretty much chalk so far. We picked the favorite to win other than Kyle um, and his uh, diehard obsession with the football team. Um, so we'll start with the NFC. Uh, Rams and Seahawks. Seattle will be hosting them. It's a rematch from a game a couple weeks ago, but with a new wrinkle. Jared Goff, that does not look like will play in this game. It looks like it is going to be on the arm and, more importantly, the legs of John Walker. So, Chase, I know you've been high on the Rams all year, as have I. Do they pull the upset here? Or does Russ Cook enough to kind of get him over the top and uh, help him advance in the playoffs? You said – tell me who the backup is again. John Walford. And I'm going to say, just like we like it. I'm going to say the Rams in this game, I think that this might even present somewhat of a foal situation. That mm-hmm. might be a weird comp, but I'm going to say it like this, that defensive coordinators eat up whenever they get a lot of film to watch, and I think that you can find tendencies, Graham. We've talked about how even coaches. Like, it's just human behavior to have tendencies and to do things the same way over and over and over again. Even when you try to mix it up, you eventually fall back on your tendencies. When you don't have a lot of film to watch, I like the Rams with an upset, with with just a surprise. Like, this guy brings a whole different element of just being able to move a little bit. So, I like the Rams. I've liked them all year. Um, call me biased. I think that, that, that shoe fits as well. Um, but I think this is going to be another fun game. This is one of these matchups that it's fun that we get to watch it again, the Rams versus the Seahawks. Because I really think that, man, the good question would be, if this, if these teams played ten times, who would win? You know, would it be five and five or who would win six uh-huh. times? A really good matchup. I'm really excited for it. It'll definitely be on my TV. With that being said, I gotta, Graham. I got to go with got? the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson, uh, he, he's just too good. Um, and, and the Seahawks defense has been play, playing a whole lot better as of recently. You know, at the beginning of the season, the Seahawks defense was absolutely, you know, horrific. But it, it's gotten better. I think I'm going to take the Seahawks at home. Uh, I want I, I want to pick the Rams, but I just – I don't know if the Walford guy uh, can, can pull off enough miracles, can uh, make enough plays to, to out-duel Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. Kyle, Rams, go ahead. Go ahead. Graham, can I, can I, can I ask you one let me just. I don't. I don't mm. know if you know this, but Jamal. Yeah, that, that's fine. Yes. I still got Russell Wilson. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hampton. Interesting. Hampton. Will you say guy's name one more time? <laughs> Good night, John Walford. Yeah, yeah that's what I needed to know. Give me Russ. Give me the Seahawks. Let's move. Swap. What you got? Swap. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to take the Seahawks in a close one because bearing no setbacks, Cooper Cup may not return to practice until Wednesday or Thursday of this week because of COVID. He was out last Oh, he'll week. be fine. So, give me the Seahawks in a close one. Hampton, what about you? You know, at the beginning of the show, we talked about having nuanced takes, and Kyle, you just gave one of the most narrative. Oh, give me brush. I'm here to tell you, Chase, brother, arm in arm, I'm with you. 
Let's go, baby. The Rams are freaking winning this game. And I'm oh, go ahead. No, man, I was just gonna say, bro, their their defense is legit. Yeah. <laughs> their quarterback play has been so here and there. I'm almost glad that it's not gonna be a situation where Goff has to sit there and play horrible. He's like, man, should they get rid of Goff? Dude, we're already gotten rid of him, man. We're, we're on to the next. This is we're gonna win with or without a mentality. Go ahead with your pick. <laughs> All right. Breakdown. So love it. Here's the thing. They played two weeks ago, and Jared Goff played but awful. For real? I mean, awful. I mean, oh, hold on, hold on. Like, Troy Aikman, who never plays as a quarterback, literally said that the interception that Jared Goff threw was one of the worst plays he had ever seen by a quarterback. That was how bad he was. Um, so, I think, and in that game, and in the previous matchup, the Rams have been able to limit Seattle's offense. Yeah, Russ made that play, you know, led the drive in the end. It was very clutch, and I trust him in those situations. But their offense has not been the same in, like, six to eight weeks. They've just not been um, elite. They've not been as dynamic. Um, DK Metcalf really has a difficult time matching up with Jalen Ramsey. Mm. Donald is a problem for that subpar Seattle offensive line. And I think that John Walford cat, his ability to run is going to be the key to the game. Uh, I think Sean McVay likes having someone that he can do some unique, creative things with offensively. Um, I I just think this is a situation where the Rams are going to – it's perfect. They're going to see that they can move on from Jared Goff and win with pretty much anyone – and I think it's going to better their team for the future. John Walford, Wake Forest alum, pulling the upset. I like them. Nah, in this game. I'll pass. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with Graham. John <laughs> Walford doesn't matter. It, I mean, me, the Rams literally you know, scored 18 him. points. Like, what? you're trying to convince me that this <laughs> backup quarterback somehow is good? Never play. He was the first. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! He was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for two hundred yards and rush Give me a break. break. It's about putting points debut. on the board, Hampton, and that's what he didn't do. He, I mean, he, he, he literally beat. Thank you, Graham. He has one leg. I mean, he's playing with you know, like a, a wood leg over there. Like, on, give me a break. And a yeah, bum shoulder. Like, and a bum shoulder. When the when the game. All that matters is Cubs, baby. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. Chase, I'm with you. I'm glad I'm not alone. I wasn't going to leave you out on an island, buddy. Dude, I, I think – I don't know, man. It's going to be fun. This this is the – like, I again, I think this is the game that I wish we could watch it play out ten times and see who wins, like, six of them. Yes. It's going to be a great matchup. Totally agree. And the final matchup of the weekend that we'll talk about and pick – and I think this is the one I'm looking forward to the most and that I will section out my time and make sure I'm in front of the TV. The Baltimore Ravens are traveling to play the Tennessee Titans in a rematch from the divisional round last year. And in that divisional round last year, Derrick Henry ran all over the Ravens, threw a touchdown pass, and led the Titans to the AFC Championship. So, I think this um, matchup is very compelling, uh, and I think it really could go either way. Uh, Suave, 
tell me who who you think is going to win, but tell me the big key or matchup to watch in this game. So I already picked the Titans to win. Like and it. The key was the the key I was going to go with was Derrick Henry, but I, I'm going to take a turn on that and say that the play from Ryan Tannehill, because the Ravens would probably load the box like the Texans did, and Derrick won't be able to break away. But the key is going to be Ryan's Tannehill's ability to get the ball to Corey Davis, uh, AJ Brown. And, and spread it around to the tight ends that he loves throwing to in the red zone. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go uh, what about with you, the Graham? Baltimore Ravens. And I think the reason I'm going to pick the Ravens is because COVID's not going to tear the Ravens apart. I mean, everybody on their teams practically had, had COVID. So, you know, they're not going to struggle to be healthy for the game. And I also want to go – I'm also going to go with the Ravens because of their – Defense being better than the Titans' defense, I think that you know who has the better chance of of stopping the run game because both these teams love to run the football. I might have to go with the Ravens. Chase, who do you got? Yeah, this this is another fun matchup with two teams have not sim. They have similar DNA, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Titans on this. I think that Derrick Henry controls the game. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be one of those last-second field goals because I think the Titans are the best team in the league when it comes down to they're going to play them close and they kick a field goal at the end of the game to win it. That's my prediction. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to like end just like that. Um, Hampton, how do you think this game's going to end up? Man, this one can really go either way. I think Graham, your point about the Ravens having a better defense is absolutely true. Um, anybody with a pulse has a better defense than the Titans do, to be honest. Um, they're pretty horrific. But I think the Ravens' defense specializes in stopping the passing game. I don't think they're as equipped to stop the locomotive known as King Henry. And last year they did try to load the box from Derrick Henry, and guess what? He ran all over them. And I think Tannehill made enough throws in that game to kind of keep him honest and let Derek, you know, let Derek control the ball, control the time possession, um, and won the game. And I think this year Ryan Tannehill is even better. A.J. Brown um, has been incredible this year. Corey Davis, a name that none of us ever thought would be any good, has had an incredible year. Um, Johnu Smith, um, I just really like – this offense, and unlike when they played the Packers, I don't think the Ravens can score at the same rate that the Packers can um, from, like, an explosive explosiveness standpoint um, in the passing game. So I'm going to lean Titans. Um, and another reason, and I hate to harp on it, <laughs> Lamar has not proven to me in the playoffs that he can win a big game. Uh, and I know he hadn't been in it much, but the two times that he's played, he hadn't looked great. And um, in big regular season games, he hadn't really um, been great. Other than I will give him credit, he looked good against the Browns. Um, on Monday night, he had a good game then. Um, I just don't trust him to beat um, beat the Titans on the road. So give me Tennessee in a close game. Derrick Henry, Ryan, T- Ryan Tannehill are the key. Kyle? 
Uh, who are you picking, man? Oh, which, man. which me th- and you, Hanson, have kind of been in the same boat as far as Lamar goes and his struggles. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the Tennessee's horrific defense might cancel that out a little bit. I mean, if we look at the and if we look at the Ravens ever since RG three got back from COVID, they've been averaging thirty seven points a game. That is very hard to do in the NFL, and I think I'm gonna agree with Graham once more. Um, I'm going to pick the Ravens, shockingly, because I'm not a believer in Lamar in the playoffs, but I'm really not a believer in the Titans' defense. And I think if Lamar comes out and lays an egg against this defense, I think we can legitimately Man. say Lamar has issues in the playoffs. I don't care that it's only going to be like a three- or four-game sample size against this defense. It's kind of a perfect start. Like, Lamar has to come out and ball out. And I think the key to this game is going to be the Ravens striking early. If the Ravens can get up 10 to 14 yes. points in the first in the first I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of the game and make the Titans have to abandon Henry and make them have to air it out more rather than just feeding Henry, controlling time of possession, if they can get up early, I, I really, really like the Ravens' chances. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. And if it comes down to a field goal, like Chase was saying earlier, Justin Tucker's automatic, and I don't know if that guy can <laughs> bank one in off the upright again. So, <laughs> give me the Ravens and probably the closest game of the week. Um, but like like you said, Hanson, this is going to be a fantastic game, and I can't wait to watch them all. Um, but I but you're going to be glued in front of it for this one. I'm going to be glued seven fifteen Saturday <laughs> night in Washington, baby. <laughs> I had to say it one more time. I'm so pumped this weekend. It's going to be a fun time. Is that everybody swab? Swab mm-hmm. said the Titans first. That's right. Yep. I think that is everybody. Does anyone have um, any more thoughts on the game after hearing anybody else? Or uh, I would like to go back out, to the Rams again. Here. Um, I, I mean, the Rams didn't even score. A t- they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. And y'all are all big on this Wolford guy. Like, nah. That I mean, they got us. The Rams' defense is legit. Yeah, I mean, they got a safety and a pick six uh, against the Cardinals. But I mean, talking about field goal machines, like that's what Rams' offense was this past week. So <laughs> that's right. Hey, decaf Metcalf is about to meet them. Hey, I just wonder, what, what are we going to talk about for this game? If uh, you know, if Chase, you and Hampton are big on on the Rams, <laughs> me and Kyle. Uh, like the Seahawks, you know, like what what's on the line? What's on the line? I ain't betting nothing on the game. I'm not I, that confident. I, 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 I thought, I They're thought scared. that Hampton's about to get <laughs> oh my God. and start bowing down to John Wolford. I mean, like I, that's what I was hearing over there, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I do have a picture in my room, you know, as a shrine. <laughs> Um, hey, he's got a LinkedIn account. <laughs> he's going to need it after this game. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a low blow. That's a low blow. Um, no, I mean, I, like I said, he's not – I don't think he's a stud, but I think they've got a better shot with him with, with him in there than they did Jared oh, Goff. Oh, man. 100%. Oh, no. 100%. I don't yeah. know how bad Jared Goff has looked recently. You're gonna, I'm going to take a guy that's made it to the Super Bowl for a guy who's played one game and has a LinkedIn account. No. Bro, if, if, if you – I would take – I would I take Jared Goff two out of three games. On that third game where Jared Goff is absolutely garbage, I don't want it to be a playoff game. Yep, it really sucks that this is I mean, one game instead Jets, of a bro. third game. 
Well, you don't know what Jared Goff. That's the thing. You don't. It's not like like that's the worst part about that team is it's not like you can just plan for it. I mean, you lose to the Jets, you lose to Miami. Like you know, you do. He, he plays when he plays bad. too, he plays bad. So, and with a bump thumb, yeah. man, no, no way am I playing him. Um, with a bump thumb. Now, if he's healthy, he probably does give them the best shot to win. Mm-hmm. But with his thumb being all jacked up, no way. No way. It's, I, don't, I don't think they move on from him. But my last – to say my piece, my last thing is I think that Carson Wentz is still redeemable. Yep. Um, I, I don't – I'm almost – I think Philly has backed themselves into a really, really strange, weird corner. Uh, they just spent a second-round draft pick on a quarterback they don't think is their future. And I was telling you, Hampton, I don't know what receiver they want to get. Don't they have the sixth pick? Yes. Yep. I mean, that's they need a wide receiver. But, again, I don't – you put – I think that Jalen's gotten better, but I don't think if you put Smithy on that team, that that like I just don't think Hurts can get him the ball like any like like an NFL quarterback should. So I they're they're in a weird position right now. We'll see what happens to them. Yeah, great point. Um, great point. I won't take any pot shots at Jalen. I'll be a good boy tonight. Um, <laughs> I'll be a good boy. Um, well, guys, if that's it, what a great show. Uh, Playoff is here. The playoffs are here. We made it 17 weeks uh, of a regular season. Can't believe um, it's coming to a close, but um, I really think these playoffs are going to be exciting. Got a lot of fun matchups, um, not only this week, but I'm sure at the winners, um, you know, going into the divisional round. Uh, I can't wait to recap that next week. And um, I know I thank you all for joining me. Had a great time. Um, as always, and for our listeners out there, be sure to follow us on social media um, to get uh, links to our shows, um, show times, and kind of some polls that we've been doing to get your feedback and uh, understand kind of what you want to hear, what you think on certain things that we say. Uh, be sure to spread the word, get people to get people to listen, and tell your friends. And uh, hopefully, we'll can you know keep doing this through. Through the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, can't wait for can't wait for that. And I'm just going on and on because I don't know where to end. But, and and you know, and you know, Brooklyn. <laughs> um, I guess it's past my bedtime. Well, for myself, Kyle, um, Chase, Bob, uh, we hope y'all have a great week watching the NFL playoffs, and we cannot wait to talk to y'all next week. <laughs>